When I first arrived to Taiwan, I thought the traffic was quite terrifying. I was doing the very, very British thing of uh, stopping. <laughs> so I was, I was trying to let people go in front of me. Oh, please, after you, after you, you should go first, and then I would end up just never ever crossing the road. Hello and welcome to Getting Pacific, where we get specific on trending topics straight from the newsroom at Taiwan Plus. I'm Joey Chow. And I'm Trevor Tortomasi. And shh, shh, I am wearing my seatbelt. <laughs> Good for you. Let's go on for this ride. For this episode of Getting Pacific, we're looking into the state of traffic in Taiwan and around the world. And that's not just the traffic you get stuck in. It's the way cities and roads are built. It's the way people drive. And it's the rules that aim to keep everyone safe. So as we know, if you're in traffic, that's because you are traffic. I think a lot of people forget that. Um, if we're not careful, it's easy to get a bit selfish on the road. In university, we used to call it the Mario Kart mentality, or even the me first, me first mindset. And if you've ever traveled abroad, literally to almost any other country in the world, you've probably experienced an entirely different version of traffic. So before we hear a few international perspectives, uh, what is it like in Taiwan, Joey? Well, first off, I like to talk about what it sounds like in Taiwan. And Trevor, I have a game for you this time. Yes, Joey's turn to do the quiz. Yeah, so in your hands, in your possession, you have five files that are named one, two, three, four, five. And I want you to play them in succession. So these are all sounds on the roads or the streets of Taiwan. Now, go ahead and play the first file, Trevor. Okay, Trevor, do you know what that is? Yes, I do. That is the ice cream truck. No, I'm just kidding. In Taiwan, that is the trash truck or the um, garbage lorry, yeah. the rubbish lorry. Um, <laughs> the, the rubbish lorry. How British of you. Uh, yes, uh, I want to uh, appeal to all our audiences. And the uh, the truck drives around um, and is ready at each street corner to pick up whatever rubbish you have to throw in it. Yeah. Uh, but it does sound like what uh, Americans might think is an ice cream truck. That's right. Yeah. The piece that they're playing is a Beethoven as View Elisa, which is a very classical approach to throwing away your garbage. So every time you hear this, you run down the streets with your garbage bags to catch the rubbish lorry, as uh, Trevor says. Okay, so the second sound from Taiwan, go ahead and play file two, Trevor. Okay, do you know what that is? Yeah, I know what that is. It's the, also the garbage truck, is it not? Yeah, it is. That's right. Okay. Uh, so this song is called The Maiden's Prayer. So in different parts of Taiwan, these are the two main melodies that you would hear for the rubbish lorry. Uh, mostly southern Taiwan, you get The Maiden's Prayer. And I think both of them in different countries around the world are used as the theme song for ice cream trucks. Okay, third sound from the streets of Taiwan, Trevor. Do you know what that is? I know it's in Taiwanese, right? The Taiwanese dialect? It's both Mandarin and Taiwanese. They're two versions. They, they basically alternate. I feel like he's selling uh, yams. Well, it's a small vendor truck. Uh -huh. But what they do is repair your windows, your sliding door films, or the glasses. Okay, so I guessed potatoes, basically. And you're like, hmm, close. It's windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, uh, I've heard those guys, and I think I once asked for a translation. They said, yeah, he's, he's there to repair your windows and stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, like, is this really the best way to reach your market? I don't know. And, and there are so many repairs that's required 
in the house too. But this is the one that always has a truck that comes around every street, just in case some kid just broke your window. He's right there for you. Man, there are a lot of crazy sounds that I have kind of learned to tune out over the years. <laughs> now that I've realized this is the first time I'm like seriously paying attention to them. Let me go to the next sound. Okay, that is the sound that plays after all classes in Taiwanese schools, right? Yes, very good. This relates to traffic, I know, because as soon as you hear that sound, you know that all of the roads are going to be full up with people taking their kids home. That's right. Okay, so finally, one last sound, and this is going to open up our topic for today. Okay, so if I'm correct, I heard the low, constant hum of background traffic and then one scooter going, Yeah, you definitely heard that, but it's not just one scooter. This is a sound from the Taipei Bridge, which is one of the busiest traffic junctions during commuting hours. So you basically see dozens, schools of scooters that are just waiting at the red light, and as soon as it turns green, they're just... And you hear that, you know, constant uh, motor running. It's crazy how that background hum almost sounded like some sort of like natural water flow ambiance or something. <laughs> but it's actually just the sound of like 10,000 scooters at once. Yeah, yeah. So as you can hear, the streets of Taiwan, especially the big cities, are inundated with these clutch-free motorized two-wheeled vehicles. Uh, the engines are generally on the smaller side from like 50cc to 200cc. They're popular for their fuel economy. And since Taipei City, for example, it's just about over five kilometers from end to end. They are the most common mode of quick transportation for Taiwanese people, which is why, according to the Motor Vehicle Office's August 2023 numbers, there are a total of over 14 million scooters roaming the streets of Taiwan. So just about every household has one or two. The sheer number and the way they're operated make them quite dangerous, zigzagging between cars and pedestrians. Yeah, they go fast. And if you're not careful, you uh, you get out of a taxi or you get out of your car and you open up your door and boom, there is. so you always have to look behind you when you're opening your door. Yeah. So kind of on that note, I guess, uh, looking at today's topic, at the end of 2022, something happened. That's one year ago from recording. A Facebook page created in Taiwan called the country, quote, a pedestrian hell. Now, it's a pretty intense thing to say, but it's not entirely unwarranted. Obviously, the safety issues in Taiwan with walking around or driving around the roads didn't come up out of nowhere, but the phrase pedestrian hell really stuck. And the story was picked up by CNN, and there was a sudden sort of like awakening and a realization that things really needed to change. Yeah, and on top of that, every year, the American Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan does a survey about the business climate of the country. So they ask chamber members to rate items under the categories of, say, uh, human capital, government engagement, trade relations, etc. And in the work environment category this year, as with every single year, personal safety and healthcare system are at the top, so the most favored items, while road safety, ironically, is the least favored. So you have on one side, personal safety. People think that Taiwan is quite safe. And on the other side, road safety is the worst. So what expat business people seem to think is that while people and disease are not likely to cause you harm in Taiwan, the traffic is another story. Now, before we get to what really is the problem with road safety in Taiwan, we want to get you a sense of how Taiwan is like from people who are here. Yeah, so on that note, let's hear from some everyday pedestrians here in Taiwan, and then we'll listen to some expert opinions on what Taiwan can learn from other countries in regards 
to what it can do with its traffic situation and where the changes should begin. So I'm from Canada and I've lived in different parts of Canada. Um, I've lived here for a couple years too. You you definitely get a little bit more chaos just because the roads are all a little bit different. Um, but also I think the main difference is probably the scooter drivers and the bike riders. You, you get a lot of cyclists in downtown Toronto too, but they have a cycling lane or they go on the sidewalks. And then in Taiwan, it's kind of like a big free for all in certain parts of the city. And he's sitting in a car now and you the car has that um that detection system where it beeps when something gets too close and then the scooter riders come up behind your car and it goes beep, 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 beep and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's very nerve wracking. So I think being in Taiwan, the main difference is the scooters and the bikes. I'm from uh, London in the UK. And when I first arrived to Taiwan, I thought the traffic was quite terrifying. I was doing the very, very British thing of uh, stopping. <laughs> so I was, I was trying to let people go in front of me. Oh, please, after you. After you, you should go first. And then I would end up just never, ever crossing the road. And so now I've learned that the key to crossing the road in Taipei is constancy. As long as you cross and you maintain your speed, you can be going as slow or as fast as you like. But then cars and scooters and motorcycles, they can calculate how fast you're going and they can go around you. The minute you stop and it looks like you're trying to let someone go past, you confuse people. You just got to keep on going. I was trying to explain that to my dad and he, he wouldn't get it. So I don't know how, what you think, Trevor, but I definitely agree. And this is not just for pedestrians crossing the roads. It also is for drivers on the road. So long as you maintain a certain constancy of speed, you can do all kinds of crazy things because there's this unspoken chemistry between all the vehicles that they know how fast you're going or how slowly you're gliding so they can do things around you and it's somewhat safe. But the minute you try to stop and let people go, it disrupts this whole ecosystem. And I don't know if you feel the same way here in Taipei. I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Like when I was walking around my university campus uh, way too long ago uh, and there were bikes everywhere. And so if you saw a bike coming toward you, naturally you'd want to like step out of the way for the bike, but trying to dodge it always made it more difficult. And I think traffic works the same way. Like if you're just keep going, then that person who's driving toward you will know whether to go left or right around the pattern of your movement forward. I'm also from a small town uh, in Southern California. Um, I grew up kind of in the suburbs and in my whole town, the population, maybe 10,000 people, there were no stoplights in the whole town. Everything is stop signs. And so everything is sort of like based on the infrastructure of courtesy. It was also a relatively safe sound. We were lucky, but that also means there's a lot of bored cops um, who are always going to be out watching for anyone who did not stop for a pedestrian. And if a pedestrian puts their foot in the crosswalk, from that time until they're almost basically crossed the whole road, if the car starts crossing the intersection, that car's in trouble. It sounds like the pedestrian utopia. To be fair, now that we talked about the chaos of what it's like to either drive or walk around in Taiwan, we should get the Taiwanese perspective. You know, say when people here travel overseas, how do they find traffic conditions in other countries? I'm from Taiwan. I was born in Kaohsiung and I lived most of my life in Taipei City. Well, I lived in Seattle for six years and uh, I remember when I just arrived there I wanted to cross the street and I noticed that the, the cars on both directions stopped 
because I was going to cross the street, and that took me by a big surprise. Because as you probably all know, that in Taipei, you have to try to find a gap between the vehicles and try to cross the street very fast. If if you, especially if you are jaywalking, if you are not waiting for the red light. But in Seattle, whenever you just walk near the, the street uh, showing that you want to cross the street and the, all the vehicles would stop. And so I feel that I'm respected and I, I, it, it was a great feeling. When I arrived in Japan, I found out that the road is really different from Taiwan because in Taiwan the road is really bumpy and there's like a lot of dents. And so sometimes,、uh, especially when you're on a motorcycle, you can actually feel it in your spine, and it hurts. But in Japan, that does not happen, and people tend to tend to ride bicycles. I think in Taiwan, when you ride bicycles, the cars tend to—they're really close to you. They're not really、uh, paying attention to the pedestrians. So I think that's the biggest difference. When I went to Malaysia and Philippines, I think it's a little bit like Taiwan. So it's not really a big difference, but I feel like Japan is much more—can I use the word civilized? <laughs> much more civilized because in Malaysia and Philippines, they give me the same vibe like in Taiwan. So it's like very crowded and people shouting, and they're not really taking care of the pedestrians. Okay, the last speaker says that Japan is somewhat a bit more civilized, but we should remember that back in the seventies,、uh, the streets of Japan, especially at major intersections, were still quite chaotic. So they made major improvements since then. So how is Taiwan going to be able to do that? That is actually the focus of our conversation here today. So outside of anecdotes, the current situation in Taiwan is that in the first half of 2023, Taiwan's traffic fatalities rose by about 6.4 percent. And in that same period, about 64% of all vehicle collisions involved at least one motorcycle or scooter, and that topped the list for the fifth consecutive year. So, why is that? The primary cause, it seems to be kind of lack of awareness. Like people are on such a mission to get where they're going, and it's true they do sort of like know how to weave in and out of other people. But the same problem happens whenever you get to a place where like everyone kind of drives the same way. Maybe if you're in a small town, like I described earlier,、um, everyone knows exactly what's going to happen. So it's very stable, and everyone's sort of like driving defensively. But as soon as you introduce a little bit of chaos into it, as soon as someone does something unpredictable, people don't really know how to deal with it. Yeah, you're really betting on zero human error because as soon as someone is not well slept or just not paying attention,、uh, you could have a chain of catastrophic events happening. So, how do we change that? How do we eliminate the chaos from traffic? So, there's this one organization, Vision Zero. It's an organization that originated in Sweden. Actually, it held a march in Taipei in late August.、Um, it was capped off by an event at which many people spoke on the state of road safety in Taiwan. Everyone was marching, and in summary, Vision. Vision Zero stands for zero fatalities. So I spoke with a man living here in Taiwan, Jonathan Knowles, who was very helpful to Vision Zero and was involved in the march and the event afterwards. One of the problems we've been looking at is how we actually train drivers. If you've had the chance to go through the Taiwanese driver training system,、uh, we perceive that it has a lot of shortcomings. Until about five or six years ago, it was completely possible to obtain a driving license without ever having demonstrated competence or even driven on a real road. 
research with colleagues who are involved in driver training reveals that a lot of the time the actual on-road training is only a small number of hours and it's usually the case that if there is any training on real roads at all then it's restricted to one or two safe routes which are often situated right outside the driving school because they perceive that the risk of allowing students to drive in ordinary urban city areas is too high. So yeah, it kind of speaks for itself. Like we're not going to test you on the real roads because the real roads are too dangerous because the people we give licenses to haven't been tested on the real roads. Yeah. And I have to admit that I am definitely one of those people who uh, technically never saw the real roads of Taiwan before I started driving on it. I got my driver's license in Canada where the roads are wider and people follow mostly the necessary traffic rules. When I came back to Taiwan, the tests are taken in this driving park where they have courses for you to go through. But just because you can reverse park into a small space in a driving park, it doesn't mean that you're able to do the same on the roads with cars and people waiting on you. You definitely need some of that real life experiences. But as a driver over the years, I'm starting to notice a lot more of these uh, student driving cars or what do you call those like coach cars? Oh, the one where you see on the bumper on the back, it says student on board or something, student driver. And everyone's like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm starting <laughs> to see more of those on the streets and you know to be with wary of them when you come close to them. Yeah, as frustrating as they are, I think it's, it, it makes me feel good to know that they're out there getting real practice with guidance. However, I do argue that most people, when they're taking the writing exams, they tend to have the common sense to know exactly what to do on the streets. I think it has a lot to do with enforcement as well. Uh, until certain rules are being enforced, you don't really feel the need to carry them through to the end. So for its part, in July of this year, the government implemented a new rule that if you don't give way to pedestrians who are crossing the road, give them, I think the regulation is three meters. You have to give them three meters of free space to move around while they're crossing the road instead of trying to inch behind them uh, ever closer to try to squeeze by even between pedestrians. You can get fined up to 6,000 NT. And to be honest, that's not a lot of money. That's about 200 bucks US. But it's so far, I've seen on the road quite successfully deterred a lot of drivers from getting too close to pedestrians. So let's look at what else the government is doing about this. Um, going back to Jonathan Knowles, he gives us a quick overview before we later hear from some local officials. Most accidents involving pedestrians happen at intersections. So we believe intersections are where the government should concentrate its efforts. For example, one of the things the government is looking at doing is to create a basic traffic safety law defining a legally mandated requirement for local governments to protect pedestrian areas. But one of the things that the MOTC, the Ministry of Transport has also done, they've recently published a survey of approximately 1,000 intersections, which it considers to be the most dangerous based on recent data. This is a massive topic. This is not going to be a problem that can be fixed in the next year. Yeah, so like you were saying with crossing the road, especially at intersections, I mean, that's where all the bad stuff goes down. And having that rule where drivers have to stay within a certain distance from three meters, 10 feet ish from pedestrians. That's crucial because without that, people were kind of like just trying to gamify getting just in between people. And like we said, if people are walking at a constant speed, um, then those drivers are able to like get in between maybe two crowds of people walking across the crosswalk at uh, different times. But if one person veers off track or stops suddenly, which can happen, and the rest is statistics. And going back to the Vision Zero March that Jonathan was a part of, the four candidates for Taiwan's upcoming presidential elections um, actually all made appearances at the event held after the march to assure voters that solutions 
are in the pipeline for Taiwan. At that march also was Taiwan's transport minister Wang Guocai in the following audio provided by Taiwan's public television service PTS filming the Vision Zero event. So he's basically saying it previously wasn't clear whether traffic safety or pedestrian rights were the purview of ministries or of the central and local governments. So now we have written it clearly in the basic law of road traffic safety. What that's basically saying in even simpler terms is that like we didn't know whose problem it was to fix. Like obviously it's a problem, but you know that meme with all the Spider-Mans pointing at all the other Spider-Mans? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like that and finally like passing this basic law of road traffic safety is a big step forward because it's like giving accountability to different departments. Mm. And as with all social issues, it's always best if everybody tries to solve it together, right? So from the government side, now we want to talk about what the private sector is doing about this. Now, Trevor, you said that Jonathan Knowles works very closely with Vision Zero, which is an initiative that started in Sweden. Well, we actually have someone who is from Sweden. She is also the senior editor of Taiwan Business Topics magazine, which is a magazine curated by Amcham. That's American Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan. Her name is Julia Bergstrom, and she wrote an article about what some of the big companies are doing here in Taiwan to improve road safety. So we were we tried to look at this, or I tried to look at this from three different angles. Uh, so I talked to three different companies uh, working in the the automotive industry, but different aspects of it. So the first one was Uber, which is huge in Taiwan. Taiwan is one of Uber's biggest markets worldwide. And a lot, most of Uber Eats food delivery partners move on scooters, and that makes them very vulnerable to traffic accidents. They are required to take a three-hour course, and some of that is on road safety before they can offer deliveries. And then Uber also has technology to verify that they are wearing helmets before they get on. And then they've also updated their software so that when an Uber food delivery partner is on the road, they don't get your notification until the vehicle has stopped. So they won't look down on their phone while they're driving because of the notification. They have also appointed a head of safety in Taiwan. So they have this Vision Zero initiative for serious accidents that they're really driving. And then on the more car manufacturing side, you have Mercedes-Benz, which has upgraded a lot of its software and hardware uh, to promote safety. You know, they have a long history of the collision avoidance systems uh, that they developed. But something that Mercedes-Benz did that's specific for Taiwan, that they launched their designated driver service exclusively for the Taiwan market. So anyone who drives a Mercedes-Benz in Taiwan can use the designated driver service for free. So when people are have driven their car to a restaurant and they're out, they're having a drink, they can call taxi driver that works with the company to come pick up the car and drive them home in their own car. And these drivers have also undergone training with Mercedes-Benz cars, so they know how the cars work. So this, I think, is something that... More and more car companies are also doing. I know Ford has a similar program to kind of help mitigate drunk driving. And then lastly, for professional drivers, uh, I spoke with Scania, which is a huge car and bus manufacturing company. They have worked a lot with training of their professional drivers. So they have all these like gamification of safe driving training and also 
you know, all these different programs. And you can actually see in Taiwan, professional drivers, while they spend more time on the road, they are at smaller risk of accidents than non-professional drivers. So I think a lot of the companies here, truck companies, they do a lot when it comes to training and making sure that their drivers aren't too tired or stressed out, because that's also a huge cost for accidents. Um, but they are also promoting something called platooning, which is semi-automatic driving. So it's when you kind of connect three trucks or more trucks in a row, and the truck at the front has a driver you know, controlling um, the speed and where you're going, and the others are connected through internet and following that driver, and they can switch so that drivers can rest in between shifts. So there's a lot happening and it's very interesting. And of course, these companies, they don't want anyone using their products to end up in, in accidents. So I just want to clarify what she mentioned about platooning, what this essentially is. It's partially an AI driven program. And if you have, say, three trucks come out of the same factory and they're going somewhere together, you have three different drivers that can take turns. The first driver will be in the front and the two trucks behind them will basically mimic or model what they do after the first truck. And then once you go to a pit stop and they can maybe switch the second driver, move the second truck up to the front. And now the first driver can take a break. And then the second driver will now be the leader of the platoon. However, an AI system like this requires a lot of internet bandwidth and this is the kind of technology that is only possible for a smaller size country like Taiwan that has pretty high speed internet. So this is not applicable to everything, but it's apparent that there are a lot of companies trying different ways to improve road safety here in Taiwan. Yeah, definitely. And after touching on all this stuff with cars and obviously like AI and driving is, is a whole other podcast episode. But at the end of the day, since we're all pedestrians, there are other things that Taiwan is working on as well. A lot of streets you walk down, there are scooters blocking the path. There are sidewalks that are not fully built. And so improving the quality of the roads and the infrastructure and also making sure there are sidewalks for people to walk on is something that might help this pedestrian hell uh, at least become a pedestrian limbo. So listening to this, what do you think? How's road safety where you are? Let us know. You can find me on facebook.com slash Joey Taipei. And I'm Trevor Tordomasi with my seatbelt on. And you can find me on Instagram and everywhere else at Trebotsky. Tre like Trevor, bot like robot and ski like in the snow. And don't forget to check out Taiwan Plus on its official website or on the Taiwan Plus YouTube channel and Instagram. My name is Trevor Tordomasi. And I'm Joey Chow. Thanks for listening. I hope we got Pacific enough for you. See you next time.